This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Is it really a good morning, Joe? Jazz fans are cranky. Um, I had a great morning with my kids. So There you go. Um, got up with... Jack at six o'clock or whatever, and hung out with him, and just dropped Jacob to school, and heading in now to uh, lift and get some treatment, and then watch some film. Can you predict what kind of film you're going to be seeing? Do you know what Quinn? Have uh-huh. you already run through the game in your mind? Quinn's going to want to talk about this and that, and definitely that. Um, yeah, I've got a. I think eight years in with him, I've got a fair idea. Um, what we'll uh, what we'll be seeing and um, talking about or or listening to more probably more um, so yeah it'll be I mean it's not I wouldn't say it's fun but it's obviously it's obviously good to see it all um, it's good to see it. it's good to talk about it um, we're not gonna somehow like go back in time and get a win from last night so we, we, we've got to move forward and obviously things to fix and things to work on and, and um, yeah, keep getting better I assume there'll be something about uh, defending the three pointer he was uh, he got to that pretty quickly in his post game remarks too many open threes allowed yeah I think um, I, like, like the, the obvious ones that stand out like the, the couple that Matthew's hit in transition um, I think as soon as he kind of subbed in more or less and um, gets him going a little bit and then uh, I think for, for the kind of a, a middle patch of the game we did alright and then obviously towards the end Gordon hits a couple and um, I think Brooks the other kid might have hit one or two um, so it's, yeah I mean it's uh, like I said it's, it's frustrating it's um, things that we can control we can, we can not lose sight of our man or know what our rotations are or, or what the coverage is um, for either a certain player or um, obviously as a, as a team what we're, what, we're, what we're trying to do out there. Obviously, we, we go out, we thought we go into every game with a, with a game plan and um, obviously the coaches spent a lot of time kind of digging into that to, to let us know what Matthews wants to do or... or whatever it is or what the sets are so um, it's obviously frustrating when you watch we watch a lot of film um, anyway even when we're winning we, we watch a lot of film so um, to, to see it all and obviously talk about it we had a shoot around um, and then obviously to, to still have breakdowns and then I think in the the bigger picture having multiple breakdowns in in, in, in a, whatever you call it, a bigger stretch of games at the moment um, is obviously the, the frustrating part, and um, that's the part on the players. Like obviously Quinn isn't out there to 
whoever's scouted is, is out there. So we've got to got to lock in and and and, and get it done. And um, there's no kind of showed multiple times this year when we when we are getting it done. We're we're a really good team. So um, it's almost like <laughs> get to the point where it's almost enough talk about it we we need to go out and do it before um yeah just yeah it's yeah gets frustrating can you personally draw lines connecting these last 10 games you've lost seven of the last 10 which is highly unusual in the time you've been with the team these last five years or so there haven't been many stretches like this can you draw kind of the string that connects these losses this is the trend this is what's what's uh sinking us here yeah, I mean, I know people don't want to hear like COVID, and it's not an excuse. But we we've had guys out, um, obviously, Rudy being a big chunk of that. Um, Rudy Gay was out. We've all we've all kind of missed games in this chunk. And no, by like by no means a an excuse or a, or a reason we've we've been. I mean, you look at Rudy Gobert. We've played over the last five years. He's missed. I think someone uh, saw it like four or five games in five years of like give or take whatever that is so um, not only not having him but then not having Hassan for a couple um, and obviously not playing with a centre is, is different I, I've never not played with a centre eight years of being here so um, but on the flip side of that again like not using that as an excuse we've also done a really good job in my eight years here of that next man stepping up, whoever that might be, regardless of who it is, and, and we've been pretty effective in, in stretches. Like you said, I don't, I couldn't remember, or, or even if we have had a time that we've lost seven out of ten in the last few years. So, um, yeah, it's just frustrating. There's obviously a, a lot of breakdowns. You can look at the offensive side of, of there is has been games we haven't shot well, but again, we've for, for Years and years now, we've we've relied on the defensive end, and obviously, the guards from a, from a guard's point of view, staying in front of our man and, and competing, and, and again knowing the scout individually and, and as, as a team, and then um, again with with the scout, where the big's helping, where Rudy's helping, where he's not, where where we are, um, not on our own, but we we can't obviously just rely on Rudy to, to block a shot every single time, so. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely, obviously the defensive end has been um, concerning, frustrating, whatever you want to call it. Offense, uh, I think maybe sometimes if we are making shots, it, it probably covers it up a little bit because we are still putting points on the board. Um, but when we're not shooting as well, I mean, Quint said it a million times in the past, when we're not playing as well offensively, we've got to rely even more and it puts a bit more pressure defensively on our on our team and we've yeah, the, the moments we've got to step up, that's what it is in the playoffs when, when teams know every offense or every offensive set you're trying to run, you've got to be um, you've got to execute and then if, if you're not or not making shots or not being able to get the same looks because it, it's obviously a, a lot more scouted um, you've got to rely on the defensive end and, and, and we haven't been able to do that, we've been giving up transition, that was a, a big thing early on and we, we did a really good job of getting that back to I think we were ranked last a month ago or something, and we've we've got that number uh, a lot better as a team. But then obviously other things, staying in front of guys, 
rotations, whatever the whatever it looks like. But we've obviously, like I said, we've got to be a lot better. There are plenty of Jazz fans who've hit us up on social media who say the team's playing tight. Ainge is sitting over there masked up, looking like some kind of movie villain because COVID <laughs> requires everyone to wear a mask. And, you know, he's the new CEO and people don't have personal relationships with him because he hasn't been around the club for years like other people have. And so can you address that? To what degree do you think the trade deadline and, and the new masked CEO is weighing on guys? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask him if he can get a special request to not wear a mask. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's. I mean, I, every time I open my phone, there's a text or something from someone saying this rumor or that rumor or, or someone on social media saying something. Like, we've had, <laughs> we've had people text us, like, saying goodbye, saying they read a rumor and they thought it was true and, like, we've loved having you and good luck at, like, in your next step. And so, for, I mean, I can't obviously speak for, for other guys too much. I mean, for me, it's been in my face for the last. I don't know, a couple of weeks here, a few weeks, whatever it's been. Um, I don't know how long is left of it until <laughs> until we until everybody has answers, I guess, to a, to a certain extent. But um, I, I mean, obviously, that stuff is is out of our control. Well, what's in our control is playing the best we can. Um, obviously, doing doing what I was talking about on the on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, the, they're the things we can go in and go in now obviously and get to work in and, and prepare and, and get ready for the next game and watch film and do all that. I can't control what Danny Ainge is thinking or what Ryan Smith's thinking or Zanuck's thinking. Um, I I could sit there and think about it 24-7, which at times you do. Like there's no no question. Um, it pops in your head and, and obviously from my point of view with, with a family and kids in school, there's, there's a lot going on, but um, also, at the end of that, on the flip side of that, like, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> unless one of those three people come up and tell me something, I'm not going to know anything. So, um, that's where obviously your, your agent and, and those guys have conversations, and whether they go back and forth or, or it's, I don't know. I, I guess the other part for me is I've never really been, or my name probably this this heavily in in anything like this. So yeah. You kind of just sit back and, again, like, what are you going to do about it? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy my time. I'm going to, I'm going to play as, as hard as I can. I'm going to do my best out there. And um, if that, in whatever it is now, two or three weeks' time, is me getting traded, then that's what it is. If it's not, then I'll continue to to, to play for the Jazz and, and do what I can to, to obviously, with the ultimate goal is is to win a championship. So. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't know how other guys are feeling or thinking or whether Danny's sitting there is <laughs> frustrating for them or not. Um, but again, obviously, it's like I said, that, that stuff is out of our control and what we can control is what we do on the floor. And um, yeah, like I said, we need to be a lot better on the floor. Well, since DJ's first commandment of Joe Ingles' basketball interviews has already been broken, I knew I'd have to work harder and do some digging today. My first commandment is thou shalt win the night before the game so we can screw around and have more fun. Coming in off a loss is never as much fun. But I think we've addressed the major issues there, and I thought, what is something I could bring up that would be relevant yet unexpected for Joe? Now, Here we go. Yeah, right, exactly. Here we go. Saddle up. We ride. 
of all the names that you would expect me to bring up today, I don't think you'd expect me to bring up Andrew Gaze. Andrew Gaze. Right. Uh, and for people who don't know, he is an Australian basketball legend. Am I right? It would, if I called him the godfather of Australian basketball, would that be too big a reach? Uh, no, not with what he looks like either. He looks like a great, great, great godfather. <laughs> he looks, he looks like a, he looks like a wizard out of one of those Lord of the Rings movies, right? He's gone gray. He's the old yeah, man. But he's had, he's had gray hair since he was at Seton Hall when <laughs> yeah, he was right. twenty-one or whatever, twenty-two. Yeah. So. He was one of the first Australians to come over, college ball, I think he was the first, and, and play at a high level. Seton Hall was in Final Fours, and it was, uh, you know, it, it was a great run. So I'm thinking that between the time he played here, and if I had talked to him then and said, there'll be another generation of players, and you're about 20, 25 years ballpark younger than him, so you're a full generation younger than him, I said, there'll be a lot of Australians in the league, and they'll be shooting 43-pointers in a game, and there'll be a guy from Australia who, year in and year out, is you know top three, top five, top ten. That probably would have blown his mind. And I'm wondering how much it blows your mind when you see someone like Garrison Matthews pull up and shoot some of the catch-and-shoot threes he shoots. He's not of the stature of, you know, Steph Curry or Damian Lillard who can shoot whatever they want whenever they feel like it, and they're good enough and it goes in and they're the franchise guy. Garrison's more of a a role guy, but this is his role and it's valuable. And I just think that even if you think that shot is a long way, I'm wondering if the next generation of Australian kids is just going to be launching those. That the 12- and 15-year-olds out there who are watching Joe Ingles shoot threes and see Garrison Matthews shoot threes, if this isn't where the game is going. Because doesn't he make it a lot harder to defend the floor? Either you give up a shot to him or you're so far away, it's really hard to help and play team defense. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, that's what the game is dead, and, and we can all probably thank Steph for it. Uh, yeah. He's changed the, the game, and it's... Um, I mean, I think... And watching the, the big guys battle down there, but, I mean, to to throw the ball actually in the post now and watch someone go to work is, is probably a handful of players in that game. Um, I mean, like I said, Steph, what he did. I mean, he's he's obviously changed. Like we, every basically every team. I think we were one of the last with when we played Fave and Rudy together. But apart from that, like, not many teams are playing two bigs. Everyone plays basically four guards. Any two three man is now a four man. Um, all the positions have kind of bumped up a little bit. You play two point guards and. Um, yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean, it's it's very different. I mean, it like you said, Matthews comes in last night and the first two in transition. I mean, it's not like he ran to the three point line and shot him. He caught him like a couple steps over the half and zero hesitation. And and obviously, I think he made the first two right away pretty quickly. And um, obviously, as a as the opposing team, you, you don't want that as the whole. Um, the whole point that you're trying to avoid and, and obviously like I said knowing the scout and knowing what like you said like what he's obviously from Houston's point of view got a green light to do that um, I think he was one of the guys that was on a, either a 10 day or a two way or, or came into training camp and he 
or maybe it was when they had the COVID or whatever happened, and he signed, ended up signing a three-year deal or something pretty recently. So his confidence is obviously at an all-time high right now as well, and, and he's got that green light. They, they, they know subbing in the game, his teammates, his coaching staff, they all know that that's what he's out there to do. He's going to run the floor and he's going to pull up from wherever he is. <laughs> um, and if he makes shots, he's going to finish the game like he did last night. And if he doesn't, he's probably sitting on the bench. And they're the things, like I was saying earlier to our first or second question, or whatever lately, they're obviously the frustrating parts because we know, I mean, you know going into a game that he can be pretty impactful, but if we're, we're locked in on it and he doesn't get those first two or maybe we can test him a bit better or whatever that looks like, he probably he probably misses them and he probably doesn't see the floor again and then they're playing someone who's not as dangerous from the three or whatever that looks like in terms of what their rotation is. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, going back to kind of the quote, like it's, it's a very different game. Um I almost like you kind of sit there at times and, and wonder if it ever will go back to playing bigs again or two bigs or how much we throw it in the post, whether that becomes more and more or, or it stays the same. Like it's, it's, I, I couldn't really see it going back to, to playing two bigs again. Cause even, I mean, you look at some of the fives now and even some of the fives that are out there, like, Sabonis and I mean there's only there's a hand, but these guys are shooting mm-hmm. shooting threes as well so a lot of the times out there there's five guys that can be um, reasonably dangerous from the three point line which is just so different so um, yeah I didn't expect you to bring up Andrew Gaze but um, <laughs> hopefully the hopefully the next generation I mean even when he was in the NBA he went to Seton Hall and went back and then I think he was it? I'm not sure. If I think it was San Antonio for a little bit, and um, yeah, Washington. Yeah, you just, Washington. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, the the next generation of Australian kids. I think. I mean, when I first started watching and, and kind of getting to that age, Andrew Bogut was kind of the one that was over here, and obviously being number one pick kind of opened up a few doors, and then you get the Delis and Paddy Mills who were undrafted second round picks. Um, who, who make pretty big impacts and win championships, and then you get that next kind of tier of young guys of um, the, the Dantes and Ben Simmons and um, Josh Greens and Matisse Thibault and all this. That kind of the younger, obviously a fair bit younger than than me and Patty and that group, and um, exciting to see what they do. So hopefully for for us, we've got some more guys coming through. There's Kid in the G League who's playing really well. We've got we've got some really good young guys. So I think um, it's definitely cool for me to 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 know Andrew Gaze and Shane Hill and these guys that, that played before me. And then obviously um, seeing the uh, me being I guess the the older guy now and seeing the next generation and trying to help them in whatever way I can to um, make sure they can can get to the NBA and. and continue a, a dream or, or chase a dream that they've they've had for a long time. Well, Joe, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming off. Bad times don't last. Bad people do No, wait, that's not the cliche, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the cliche is. Tough but... times don't last, but tough people do. That's the cliche. We will, uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it is frustrating, and, and we've shown at times that we can be really good, and we've shown at times we can be really 
S H I T T Y. So <laughs> we, uh, we, we need to get back to who, who we are and who we can be. And, um, again, that goes back. I said it in media lot. Like everyone go look in the mirror and, and figure out what you can do to help this team be better and win games. And, um, uh, I think we can get back there. Um, hopefully quickly and and keep pushing forward and, and obviously by the end of the year be in a position that we want to be in and, and be playing well and um, that's obviously the goal then to, to push in the playoffs as far as we can. Joe, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for joining us and uh, good luck next week. Warriors, Suns and Suns. Wow. Good times, right? Right? Good times. And then Memphis, Minnesota, I think, after that as well. Look at you. You never know the schedule. Very good, John. No, I, I actually looked at it uh, this morning when it's on my fridge, and I was getting something for Jack out of the fridge, and I was like, let me have a look at this. Mm. Um, but again, like, not to drag on, you probably got David Locke to talk to because he's so proud of his thousand show he did last night. But uh, That's tomorrow. Um, shout out to Locke, too. I do, I do like Locke. Um, but, I mean, it's like it, the schedule is what it is, but it's, I mean, what better time to, to really put our team to the test and, and I mean, if we're not going to lock in and, and be good against Houston and I think we've got Detroit on Friday and say, like, all right, well, you're about to get punched in the face a couple more times, so you've got to mm-hmm. be ready. And, and if we're not ready, it'll it'll quite clearly show against these next few teams. So, um, yeah, we, we've got to be ready to go. So here's here's a note you can share with your teammates, and this is a reason to be encouraged going into that stretch. You guys are three and seven since the start of 2022, but you're two and zero oh against the Nuggets, and you're one and seven against everybody else. The Nuggets are good. Nice. You know their guys. You know Jokic is wildly talented. You feel challenged. I think you're more focused. I think you're motivated. You had that awesome playoff series with them in the bu- in the bubble that came down to the final shot of the final game and the final second. And so I think you bring it against those guys. I think that's why you're 2-0 and against them because they're clearly, no offense intended, but they are clearly much better than Houston and Detroit. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean right now they all feel pretty good the way, <laughs> the way we've played, obviously. But yeah. um, no, I mean, we've... Well, I mean, in in the past, we've we've I wouldn't say had issues, but we've we've been a bit more lackadaisical against teams we're supposed to win, quote unquote, yeah. and um, bring it against teams that were better than us three, four years ago, or, or ranked higher than us now, or whatever that looks like. So, um, yeah, I mean, we like I said, I, I said it in the media last night, but we we're not going to just walk in and beat any team in this league and. Um, I think that's quite clearly shown recently. Um, there's there's different like do we shoot better? Do we defend better? Whatever that looks like, but we need to be better all around. And every one of us, from from one to seventeen or whatever, however many players we have these days, um, and a couple of ten days and <laughs> whatever else. So um, we need to be better, and, and we know that. And everyone will be in here today, and we'll we'll get better, and we'll get ready for tomorrow. Joe, we appreciate the time. When the three-pointers show up in the video session, just raise your hand and tell Quinn, DJ knew this was coming. <laughs> we will let him know. Okay, thanks, I'm Joe. I'm definitely not going to do that. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> that'd be bad. Now's not the time. The mood's not right. Thanks, Joe. All right, there you go. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yuck! In the middle of all that, did you get fantastic news for Jazz fans? I did. Do you have two tickets to see the Jazz play tomorrow night? I do. Would you like to give them away right 
now. Let's do it. Surprise! Normally, normally, we'd be teasing that all, you know, for an hour or whatever. But, hey, right now, two tickets. Jazz, Pistons, Friday night out. Date night! If you want to win, be caller 12 right now. Are people already calling? I haven't even given out the number yet. Nope. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Call right now. Two tickets. See the Jazz and the Pistons tomorrow night. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.